Welcome back, everyone, to the Behind the Mask podcast, episode four. We are sorry that we could not get to you guys in these past couple of weeks. We had Thanksgiving break and then, of course, some technical difficulties once again on our end for our last podcast. So, but we are back now. We have a loaded episode today. I'm with my co host, Sydney Isham. Sydney, how are we doing today? Good. <laughs> that's all i got good all right so we are going to do quarter season roundup for both college hockey and the nhl both of them are around the quarter mark for each season so we're going to do a little look around each uh both leagues and we're going to pick our quarters our quarter season award winners or our quarter season superlatives i guess so we are going to start as we always do with the college realm and we are going to start with what we think is the best team so far in college hockey. Sydney, I'm going to let you go first for all of these. I want to hear your decisions first. What do you think? Who has been the best team so far in college hockey? Um, I'm going to go with North Dakota. I <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> I don't make me explain it. I don't know. Just... <laughs> no, no explanation. Just, just North Dakota. I mean, I feel like they've been consistently on top. They've been able to take down some big dogs. It's fair. They they've had a been... really big series against uh, Denver last mm-hmm. weekend. Split that one, but they had a really big win in over uh, seven to five against them, where they came back. I think it was like four nothing down yeah. or something. It was... They, they've been doing really good. I feel like. For at least right now, I'm going to go with North Dakota. I don't know if they're going to win it all, but I do think they have some pretty good players who are, you know, going around. I mean, they're like... A, no, they, it's it, it's fair. I mean, I, I, I could agree with you on that one, but I'm going to disagree, actually. And I'm going to say that my best team so far is still going to be Boston College. Um, they had a little bit of a slip up last weekend. Uh, they lost to Northeastern. Uh game one but then they ended up coming back and winning game two so they are not number one uh the number one team in the country right now but i still have so much faith in this team yeah um, who is number one in the country it right is now? north dakota right north now dakota. it is <laughs> <laughs> but i i still have so much faith in this boston college team i mean the depth that this team has is unreal will smith is playing at an mm-hmm. insane level riley Le- ryan leonard is andre gasseau like they're from Top to bottom, this team is just, it, it's incredible. I mean, they have so much talent uh, around this team so far. We we already knew how much talent they had coming in, and now they're just proving it to us how much better they are than a lot of different teams in college hockey. And not to mention that they have an absolute wall right now in goaltending, and Jacob Fowler. That guy, he's still been consistently one of the best goalies in all of college yeah. hockey right now, and... He is anchoring what I I think should be the favorites to win the Frozen Four right now, and I I think they're gonna they have a really big uh they have a really big couple weeks coming out. They have the Bean Pot uh coming up really soon here. Uh, that one's probably gonna be their first game against BU and the uh, in the Bean Pot there. As yeah. I don't think Harvard and Northeastern, no offense, are gonna go very far in the uh in the bean pot but i am really excited to uh see that first game between boston college and bu and obviously it's for you know really big bragging rights in boston and i'm really excited but right now i think this has to be the best team and they have been proving it week in and week out 12 3 and 1 right now and 
I mean, they still look to me to be the top dog in the hockey East right now. North Dakota's also 12-3. <laughs> but yeah, no, Boston, I definitely have to agree with Boston being really big and competitively. I mean, again, Will Smith and his entire USNTDP posse. His whole USNDP squad. Like, the four of them just killed everyone in the USHL on the NTDP, and then they all committed to the same college. And Are doing it now at BC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so we're going to move on to our another superlative here. We're going to go with most surprising team so far in all of college hockey, the team that has really exceeded our expectations so far this year from what we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Sydney, I'm going to start with you. Who is your most surprising team so far this year? Wisconsin. Well, that... I was you stole my answer right away. <laughs> I I I you, do you want to go ahead and explain why it's Wisconsin or I mean for they were st- they're still ranked above us. Um <laughs> but anyway, they held the top spot for a little bit. They were like absolutely just a defensive wall. Um they I mean, I didn't think that anyone else in the Big 10 really was going to be a huge threat this year against Michigan State and Wisconsin proved to be a a threat. <laughs> yeah, um I'm going to have to agree with you here. I'm going to go with the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh this team last year was probably the worst team in the Big 10. Um they were not really good at all and then they come in, get this amazing head coach who is been a perennial NCAA tournament appearer from Minnesota State. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name right now. I believe it's, uh, I, I'm finding it right here. Uh, <laughs> it's Mike Hastings. I'm sorry, Mike Hastings, but he has done such an amazing job in turning this program around in only a year. Um, it, it's been absolutely incredible to see the impact he's had so far on this team. He has them playing at uh, an elite level right now that almost no one expected them to. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, it, it usually takes a while to rebuild a team uh, back to its former glory days and, you know, really uh, make a stamp on uh, your team personally as a head coach. And he's just done it right away. I mean, they are, again, playing at an amazing level. Like you said, their defense is probably one of, if not the best in all of college hockey mm-hmm. right now. Um, McClellan, their uh, their goalie right now, is absolutely incredible. Um, they have another kid, William Graham, who just played too, and he got a shutout. Like they are, they they are playing at an absolute elite level right now. Of, of course, the one concern I do have with this team is the goal scoring. They yeah. obviously don't have a lot of it outside of uh, Cruz Lucius. Um, but I mean, other than that, they're still finding a way to win games even without putting up mm-hmm. a, a ridiculous amount of goals, and it. The credit credit to Mike Hastings for really turning around this team, and he he's not going to be the first. That's not going to be the first time we're going to bring up Mike Hastings in this podcast too. I I, I have him as a pick for another uh, quarter season award so far too. <laughs> so uh, we are going to move on now to our most disappointing team so far, the team that has failed our expectations on what we thought they were going to be this year. Uh, Sydney, as always in this podcast, you go first. Who has been your most disappointing team so far? So I feel like I could go, you know, a team we've talked about like a lot, like Quinnipiac or St. Cloud when they had fallen off. But, you know, Quinnipiac's risen back up. St. Cloud is 
gotten yeah. a lot better. They've gotten significantly better than what they were coming into the month of November, to say the least. But my pick is the University of Michigan. <laughs> it, it's a it, it's a fair pick, honestly. Um, it, explain your reasoning why. I mean, they were frozen for appearance last year. Um, I they can they continue to be in the rankings despite um, for a while not even having a winning record. Um, they do have a winning record. It's eight seven and three, <laughs> terrible. Um, but I just feel like they lost so much to the NHL. They lost, I mean, realistically, like two players, but they also lost. Eric Portillo, yeah. who was their guy in net, and Portillo is now playing in the AHL with the Ontario Reign, and I believe doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, but without Adam Fantilli and Luke Hughes, I feel like it's kind of just like a bunch of like <laughs> run-in-the-mill good college hockey players. I mean, they're not exceptional. They don't have the Hobie Baker winner. They are also letting up a lot of goals too. Yeah. So far this year, they are. They have not been playing well defensively or in net whatsoever so far. I mean, we were talking beforehand and about like Seamus Casey. Seamus Casey's also just he's doing phenomenal, but I mean, it's there's a lot of gaps everywhere else, yeah. and um, they are just really not the Michigan team that they were last year. Yeah. Um, I have to agree with you on that one, but I think my pick for most disappointing teams so far is also going to be in the Big Ten. It's going to be the Minnesota Golden Gophers for me. Um, This was a team who last year was one goal away from winning the national championship. So far this year, they are 8-5-3, in the Big Ten. They are I what what is it right now? They're fourth in Big Ten rankings. They're behind Notre Dame right now in yeah. Big Ten rankings. It's, kind of it, it's it's definitely this is not the same team that they were last year. Um they can't put up goals as consistently. They're not playing as much defense consistently. They had a really big loss to Notre Dame this weekend, too, I believe it was. Or to uh Penn State actually it was. But I I mean, we've we've watched it throughout the year. This team especially at home, has not been playing well whatsoever. And that's the really big yeah. concern for me is that if they can't win at home, then where are they going to win? Mm-hmm. Like, this is one of the best college atmospheres for hockey, and they are just not showing up at there whatsoever. And it's been really concerning to watch so far. And, again, it, it it's such a big fall off from where they were last year. I mean, again, as I said, this team was one goal away from winning a national championship and now so far this year i don't think they look like they're gonna possibly even make the tournament at this point i mean they're gonna have to really get their stuff together if they want to end up making a tournament appearance so far this year um but i i don't really see why this team is still so highly ranked um in the uschl right now they i think they've been extremely underperforming and i i I think this team, for me, it's got to be the most disappointing team so far this year. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, but I still, I still, I guess I'm just a Michigan hater. I no, I agree with your Michigan pick. I think it's a, I think it's a great one too. I think we just have to say it, it, it's so weird to just see like these two teams who have been consistent top dogs in the Big Ten just like 
completely get taken over by teams like Michigan State and Wisconsin. Now. Yeah, it, yeah. It really feels like the there's, Big Ten's flipped a little. It it does feel like there's been a little bit of a flip now in the Big Ten, and I I think it's something very interesting to be looking out for in uh, next year's. Uh, with you know Hastings and Nightingale having mm-hmm. both of these programs, uh, Michigan State and Wisconsin, playing at really high levels right now, and you know Michigan and Minnesota, who are perennial tournament, uh, who have perennial tournament appearances, and you know really have ran the Big Ten for a while now, is they're sort of falling off, and I think I think it'll be interesting to watch, and I think it's interesting to think about right now how we're sort of seeing a little bit of a a little changing of the guard here. It seems like mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are now going to move on to personal award winners. Um, we're going to go through three of the biggest college hockey awards that are given out at the end of the year, only we are going to judge them based off the quarter year we have seen so far from most players. Um, we're going to start off, of course, with the most important one, the Hobie Bakey Baker Award. Um, this one, I think... We were talking about this before. Both of us, I think, have the same answer for yeah. this one. Um, I'm going to let you go first, Sydney, and have your reasoning, and then I will go. But who is your Hobie Baker winner so far in this year? Macklin Celebrini. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of um, just, that's not a very... It's not really surprising. No, I mean, his stats are consistently on top. I mean, he's over... Uh, 1.5 points per game average. Uh, it's like a 1.67. Um, he's so young. He's doing this all so young. Um, I think he's he's still 17 years old, isn't he? Yeah, he's about, yeah. he's like six months younger than I am. It's um it's ridiculous because he's not he he was he's an 06 kid. Yeah, um, <laughs> literal child. Um, I'm speaking as an 05 <laughs> kid, but um, he's so young. He is literally leading the fire with um with with uh Boston University. I mean, he's just he's brought them to where they are. He's keeping them where they are. Um he's just an absolute weapon out there. <laughs> Who's your pick? Oscar? Who's my pick? <laughs> um well, surprise surprise, it's going to actually be the same player as well, Macklin Celebrini. Um yeah, like you said, this kid is almost leading the entire NCAA in points at 17 years old, which is just absolutely absurd. I I really don't think BU would be the same team if you take Macklin Celebrini off of it. They'd still be pretty good, but they would not be to the level of the uh, to the level of elite that most people see them at now if there was no uh if there was no Macklin Celebrini. Um mm-hmm. I this guy is probably unanimously now the number one pick in the NHL draft. Um, I I can see the argument uh, for him against it, but I, I think right now teams are just tanking for Macklin right now. And this kid is, I, he seems so ready for NHL level hockey right now. He's doing this against, again, kids who are significantly older than him and uh, obviously somewhere around the same age, but He's just been absolutely dominating, and I, I, I think if this award were to go to anyone else at this point, mm-hmm. it, it, it could not be taken seriously. I, I mean, he, he is, he's gonna. I think he's if he keeps this up, which obviously I think he will. He's gonna be the Hobie Baker Award by the end of the year. I don't think this is just 
a quarter of the season, you know, he's having a great start. Type I of mean, thing. this I, is I think this is going to be consistent dominance throughout the entire season. Honestly, I think kind of I feel like since even before the season started, I feel like everyone expected Macklin to, yeah. to get the Hobie Baker. Yeah, and and poor poor Blake and poor Jackson Blake and Maximo Rizzo, who have also been playing absolute lights out hockey so Jake far. Jake Devine year. from Denver has also been, yeah. to, been really good. Sorry, sorry to you guys, but the, this kid's gonna get it. It's and, like in like every other world, and any other guys, world where Macklin Celebrini is not playing. These guys are probably it, your Hobie Baker winners. <laughs> it reminds me of like last year, like um, in the draft, like in any other world where Connor Bedard didn't exist. Adam like, Fantilli would be Adam the number Fantilli one pick. Would have been, you know, he won the Hobie Baker award, yeah. but you know, Connor Bedard still exists. <laughs> yeah. So um, we are not actually going to touch on the freshman of the year college hockey award because that also is <laughs> the Tim Taylor award that is also going to go to Macklin Celebrini. Um, at this point, um, I. There, there's really no one else close to him. Maybe you can make an argument for Levshinov, but he, he doesn't have nearly the numbers that Macklin no. Celebrini does have right now. So we're going to move on to another interesting one, the Richter winner. This is for the best college hockey goalie in all of NCAA so far. We talked about this a little bit at the beginning here as well, and it was it was a very interesting conversation. And... Sydney, I, I want to see where your view finally ended up with this. Who is your Richter winner so far for quarter, okay. quarter of the year? Ideally, ideally, in a, in a perfect world, <laughs> <laughs> Trey Augustine. I think that he has had an electric month of November. I think he's been making saves literally left and right. Um, he's been doing so well. Was just invited to the TMUSA selection camp for the WJCs. Uh, he was their main goalie last year at the WJCs. Um, I just think, as such a young goalie, he's been doing great. That being said, Fowler is <laughs> really good. <laughs> Foul, yeah. <laughs> that being said, he's not the only really good goalie. There are... Not only is he not the only really good goalie... But he is not the only really good goalie in his own conference. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know who you're gonna go for, <laughs> but Jacob Fowler is, um, he's got he's winning in like the a lot of goalie stats right now for the NCAA. Uh, Fowler, I have to, I have to, I have to say that Fowler is my. He's my. He's gonna be my real winner. He's your but real runner. In my heart, my winner is Trey Augustine. <laughs> and so, if we're basing it off of just the stats from this quarter, mm-hmm. Jacob Fowler. But if we're saying who I think's gonna pull through and win, Trey Augustine. There you go. I think Trey Augustine can pull through and win. I, I think it's possible too. Alone on the stats from what we've seen, Fowler. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with everything you said. But, um, of course, I am not going to go in those directions. I am actually going to say that Kyle McLennan of Wisconsin is going to be my Richter winner so far. Um, This guy is really one of the main reasons, if not the reason, that Wisconsin is winning so many hockey games right now. He's a wall. (laughs) He is an absolute wall. He's only allowing 1.74 goals against right now. He's 11-4 with a .934 save percentage so far. These are absolutely monster numbers. Um, I mean, he, he, he 
is playing at an unbelievable level right now. Um, again, as I said, I don't think this Wisconsin team wins as many games as they have been right now if they don't have Kyle McLennan at uh, net for them. He's been so consistent and such a rock for this team. You know, game in and game out, what you're going to get from him. He's really been consistent throughout this entire year. Mm-hmm. The, really, you could only say the only thing against him is probably the Michigan State series. But out, outside of that, every every series he has played in, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And I think the I I think I love Fowler. I think he's obviously a phenomenal goaltender. But I think if you didn't have Fowler on that Boston College team, they would still win as many games as they are right now. I I I don't think you could make that same argument for Kyle McClellan. McClellan, and mm-hmm. therefore, I think he has to be the Richter winner because of that. I, I, I think he's way too important to this team, and the value that he has for goalie is almost untradeable for anyone that Wisconsin has. Yeah, yeah, sure. that's a fair point. I mean, just seeing him play was um, incredible. Uh, he. <laughs> He really for, a, he really for, he forced our he forced our team to really play in a different way that I haven't seen Michigan State have to play yeah. in a while. Um and that's what I think from us watching him uh in person is really the big takeaway I took was that this is one of the best offenses in the entire NCAA and we are having to play to McClellan's game rather than us playing our own game, which I think yeah. is I I think that is alone the the reason why he should win the Richters because he is now forcing teams to play different ways than they want to mm-hmm. when he's on ice and I think that is untradeable and I think he's going to be phenomenal in the NHL at this point I would say he he uh, when he gets there I think he's going to be phenomenal yeah and God <laughs> knows that the NHL needs good uh, God right knows <laughs> it God knows it hey if Alex Lyon doesn't end up working out in Detroit McClellan Augustine. Do you have Augustine? <laughs> you, you have give him a little Augustine. bit of a competition. I'm just saying, if we had the goalie tandem of McClellan and Augustine coming up, that, that it, it's nice. over for the league. Give us two, three years, <laughs> develop these guys, it's over. Next Swayman and Allmark yeah, right there. Next Swayman and Allmark. Um, we are going to now move on to the Penrose winner. This is the Coach of the Year award for college hockey. This is who we think has done the best coaching job so far in all of college hockey. Um, I think our answer is going to actually be similar for this one. Um, Sydney, who is your uh, who is your Penrose winner so far? Adam Nightingale. <laughs> <laughs> it is fair. It is fair. I feel I, okay. So I feel like I'm literally just like I, I feel like my answer and is MSU a lot of MSU. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, here's my reasons for Adam Nightingale. Okay. Um, I, I've talked about it. More on the show before uh he has such love and respect for his players you can see it in everything that he does and every press conference he does um every time he speaks about his players he it's like nothing but love and just admiration for their pure talent like the pure raw talent that they bring to the table and i mean after a win he's like it wasn't i didn't do any of that that was them and it's that respect is amazing not only that he was able to turn MSU around so much. I mean, last I mean, if you look at last year, I mean, we just missed the the playoffs, 
but this year we have a pretty I, I one of the better chances I would say chance. of making the tournament now of yeah. making a tournament and he did that in just his sophomore year here um at MSU and I just think that that's insane and I think that he should do it because a he's a great coach but b he's just like one of the good guys like he's just a really good guy when it comes to coaching <laughs> yeah um I obviously agree with you. Um, I think Adam Nightingale should be in the conversation for the Penrose. He's done an absolute amazing job of turning this program around in the past two years, and especially this year and the quarter mark that the Spartans have had so far. It, it, it's one of the best we've seen in a long time for the Spartan hockey team, and it, it does mean a lot that he's been able to be the one who anchors that yeah. and has sort of really been leading the way so far into making that. But... I am unfortunately <laughs> going to have to go with uh, Mike Hastings here on this one. I, I mean, we know, obviously we know how good Mike Hastings is as a coach. He had Minnesota State being a perennial NCAA uh, tournament appearer yeah. um, almost every year he was there. And I mean, this uh, the thing with that is this Wisconsin team was in the dirt last year, yeah. even for the past two years, they were just in the dirt. They won a combined 23 games the past two years. They went 13 and 23 last year and then 10, 24 and 3 the year before. This team was like next this there were they were an afterthought in the Big Ten coming into this year. And Mike Hastings has now come in in his first year as head coach for Wisconsin and has them playing for a tournament bid at this point. If if not, already might have a really good chance of getting a tournament bid at this point. Um I think to me, the I, I love Nightingale and I would put um Boston College's head coach, I think it's uh Kyle Brown in that conversation too, just because of uh or Greg Brown, just because of how much he's also turned around this program in a year so far. Um he didn't have the best year uh last year and now he has this team uh almost at number one for the or at number one or close to it for the past uh for so far most of the season but i I think what kyle hastings has been able to do in just a year at wisconsin he already has this team playing at such an elite level and again is also a like common computer for the number one spot right now in the uscho rankings and i i think that i think turning this program around especially with how bad it was the past two years and being able to do it and 16 games is absolutely unbelievable, and I think he should deserve the Penrose at this point so far. You make a very convincing <laughs> case. I agree, but maybe I am biased. Maybe I am just biased towards MSU. I, I gotta give I gotta give credit where credit is due. I love the job that Nightingale has done so far, but I I feel like we saw the direction in which this was going last year. I mean, like you sure. said. This team last year was one game away from making the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. I it, and to me, I, even though right now they are like almost, uh, they are a pretty good chance of making it so far this year. I I still think it means more that uh, Hastings was able to turn around a program yeah. that was so much in the dirt, uh, rather than what Nightingale was able to do and just already build off what he had. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that speaks a lot. That's valid. The job that Mike Hastings has done so far. That's valid. 
<laughs> All right, so that is going to wrap up our college segment. So uh, we are now going to move on to the NHL. Uh, we have one piece of news that we have not ab- been able to talk about yet after our two-week hiatus. Patrick Kane has finally made a decision, and he's coming home. That's right. He is going to the Detroit Red Wings to play with his former teammate, Alex Dabrinkit. He joined on a one-year, $2.75 million deal. And while we haven't been able to see him play yet, he is expected to play sometime this week. Um, I... I have a few thoughts about this move for one. Um, my first thought was I was really I was really surprised at the warm welcome that yeah. Red Wings fans gave him. I mean, this was a guy from in, in the early 2010s to the mid-2010s was on one of our biggest rivals, if not our biggest rival, in Chicago and was consistently kicking our teeth in in the playoffs and was winning Stanley Cups while doing so. I was really surprised that Red Wings fans were able to look over all those years of pain and torment that Patrick Kane has given us and was just able to welcome in welcome him in with uh warm arms. And that w- that to me was really one of the surprising things. I I never would have thought that Patrick Kane coming to the Red Wings was going to work solely because of what he did on Chicago and how good he was on Chicago, but so far, I mean, it, it's been a it's been a very warm welcome, and everyone seems to really be excited that he's here at uh, Detroit right now. Yeah, I my first <laughs> I was in my psychology class when I saw the news, and I was like freaking out. I was not paying attention, <laughs> um, but I don't know if if it feels like. I can't tell if it's something like something so wrong shouldn't feel this right yeah. or if something this right shouldn't feel this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like part of it is not it's not lining up. Um I don't I really don't know how I feel about it cuz like on one hand I think I do firmly believe this is going to be a good fit. Yeah. And as much as I hate like I hate that it's going to be a good fit, but I feel like it will be. Yeah. Um because we saw the Debrinket chemistry with Larkin, and then you're gonna re- bring back the Kane chemistry yeah. with Debrinket, and I feel like if he does play the top line, that doesn't really help Detroit's need for depth that, scoring. That was gonna be my second uh, first impression that I had was we have no idea what Patrick Kane is going to come back and look like. This guy. He, it was hip replacement surgery that he had. And the two other guys that we've seen have this type of surgery, one of them was out of the NHL a year. One of them was out of the NHL a year after. And one of them is, of course, Nicholas Backstrom right now, who is on long-term IR yeah. and will probably never play again for the Capitals yeah. because of how bad he looked afterward. That is my really big concern, is that I don't know what type of production we're going to get from Patrick Kane. He already, we saw him uh, last year. He already had a dip a little bit in his um, in his contributions from New York. Uh, obviously, it was only half a season in New York, but th- consistently throughout, if you look at his uh, work throughout the year, it, it was, it, it, he's been going down in stats mm-hmm. so far um, year in and year out. And that's, that's the one thing that 
concerns me is that I don't know if we're going to get, you know, a good Patrick Kane or are we going to get a really old and just not as productive Patrick Kane. And then if we do get that uh, old and unproductive version of Patrick Kane, what what do you do then? Because I I really feel like you can't take him off that Debrinket and Larkin line at that point. But if he's hurting it, then you kind of just shot yourself in the foot because you have to seem because seemingly it feels like we're going to have to deal with that for another 60 games because it it feels like you really just can't take him off that line yeah it's I, the, my issue is also is the deprinket larkin line is you know your, your top line yeah your your solid line yeah <laughs> they, they put Cat, patrick kane on there you're not developing another line the the it I, i'm excited i'm glad that you know, it'll be, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it'll be Lucas Raymond will now move to the second line, I believe it is. And so that for, semi-develops a second line. I, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like that does add to the depth that we desperately need right now um, for Detroit. But again, if Kane ends up being unproductive, I would rather have Lucas Raymond on our first line I feel like, than Patrick Kane. But I just don't, I don't think you can switch back. I feel like... Kane isn't where I would go to if I wanted to increase my depth scoring. Yeah. Like, because I feel like it is, he's such a, he is older. Um, you know, he, what is he? He's in his 30s, I think 35. Some, something like that. O- older, older. Patrick I think, Kane is 35. Yeah. Um, just turned 35, actually. Um, and he just went through a major surgery. Hip replacement surgery. <laughs> which is, so not not good yeah um not gonna be great for him and so i feel like that's like that's a perfect storm for him to be uh yeah mediocre obviously we're we're talking right now in assumption that we again we don't entirely know what Patrick Kane will look like when he comes back. We'll see this week, I think, uh, when he comes back in plays, what yeah, he looks like. allegedly Mom. supposed to make his debut on Thursday against the Sharks. Okay, yeah. That'd Which, be an easy game to throw I mean, him into. If, I mean, if any team, if I was going to start any team, I'd Easy to game to throw him into. But, yeah, I, I think it'll be very interesting to watch um, throughout these next couple of weeks how that line starts to develop and if it can be if it can continue to be a consistent mm-hmm. goal scoring line for the Red Wings because like like you said, this is really all that they're relying on right now. Yeah. To score them goals is this top line. And if you are taking away from what has made them so good and then we throw in something that is making them significantly worse, then I, I, I don't know what you can do at that point. Especially because the only reason Patrick Kane did really end up coming here was to play with Alex Debrinkin. Yeah. And so I, I I I will be interested to see how it works. I hope I hope it pans out, and I hope everything goes well, and Patrick Kane can come back and look like uh, his old Chicago Black House self. But of course, we will see, and we will keep you guys updated on it throughout the next two weeks. We're now going to move back into our quarter season awards and superlatives. We are going to go down now for NHL teams. We are going to go for an impressive team so far. Um. So, Sydney, who has been the most impressive slash best team in the NHL for you so far? Uh, the Rangers. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was just about to say that, too. Um, I, 
I was gonna go, you know, maybe there's surprise. So I have a team for surprising that's also doing very well. Yeah. But I just think the team that's got the most consistency is the it's, Rangers. It's New York. Um, they're leading the league right now. They have the best uh, record, uh, most wins. Um, they've been consistently in the top five. Uh, and you know, right now they're first in the league. <laughs> they're an older team, but that's <laughs> so not stopping them. Uh, we've brushed on them a little. Uh, from in the past couple of episodes, Alexis Lafreniere producing. Still playing Artemi really good. Pa- Artemi Panarin. <laughs> Insane. Adam Fox is coming back soon or is already back right now. I think so. I think he's coming back soon is what I read. I'm not sure. Let's let's do a little looky look. <laughs> but yeah, no, I have to I have to agree with you on on your reasoning. Um this this team looks a lot different than what it felt like last year, where they were winning these games, but it wasn't really by a convincing fashion in which people said, oh, this could probably be a Stanley Cup champion team. I, I think this is I think this this year's this team is a Stanley Cup type of Stanley Cup winning type of team. Oh yeah. Um they are scoring goals at a way better rate than they were last year. You didn't really feel like it didn't really feel like they had to go out and get more scoring depth. Um, like they had to last year, because obviously we knew they didn't really have the, the the goal scoring to really put up a fight um, against a lot of different teams in the in the East. And it, but again, as you as I said, it feels a lot different this year. Um, Lafreniere has finally blossomed into what everyone thought he was going to be. Um, he's been a really great goal scorer um, for this team. Vinny Trocek is playing absolutely phenomenal right now. Kreider is playing really good. And then obviously you have your guys who have been there consistently. Panarin, Sabanajev, Adam Fox is coming back. Igor Shosturkin is still playing really good net. And not to mention Jonathan Quick now looks like he's back into prime form and has mm-hmm. been playing absolutely phenomenal in uh, Igor Shosturkin's uh, small absence there. But um, yeah, I... I, I want to agree with you on the Rangers, but oh, oh, there's a but. <sighs> okay, I, I think, I think I gotta go with LA right now. I can for see that best team in the NHL. Um, this this LA team is quietly become one of the best teams in the West, and it feels like no one is really talking about it because, um, because of how top heavy the west is right now you know you have colorado dallas and las in las vegas but la has really been that forgotten team that's at the top i mean they're getting production obviously from the guys who they usually get production for you know kempi is playing still really good anzes kopitar as always is really good and fiala is at 20 points again but it it's really been the they have a lot more depth this year it feels like than in years of past. And I mean, Quentin Byfield has been playing at an absolute unreal level so far for them. He is True. probably going to be in the race for the colder, I feel like, if not should be. Um, I believe this is his first year. Um, uh, no, I believe he played a lot last he year. He might have played last Yeah, you're right. He played a lot last year. But he he's really blossomed into a, 
into a really great option for this uh, for this LA Kings team, and they have a lot of games in hand right now. Then uh, I would I think it's Vegas right now who they are competing with for that first seed. Yeah, they have a lot of games in hand right now over um, both Vegas and uh, Vegas, Vancouver, Dallas, and uh, and uh, yeah, and Colorado. Like they are only at twenty one games, and they are only um, five points outside of first right now against uh, for uh, with Vegas being ahead of them right now. And so I, I think. When when it's all said and done, and when they start catching up in these games, and then we realize that they're in first place, it should not come as a shock to most people right now because they have been consistently playing really, really good this year. But I I think it is going to shock some people if they end up getting that first seed. But I I mean again, they're playing just unreal hockey right now, and I I I think so far they have been the best team in the NHL without a doubt. They've been the most consistent. They are doing it again at an unreal level, and this is another team that no one really expected to, again, be this good as they have been this year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was gonna, I was looking at the Kings. I'm not gonna lie, I was looking at, I was. Uh, I I hate giving the Kings credit again. I I hate such it. Such a Kings. I really, hater. I'm so, I'm so mad that they're good. I really thought this was gonna be the same old Kings, middle of the pack type of team. Nope. They make the playoff and then first round exit. But who would have thought that the the West was like? Who would have thought the West was this good? <laughs> no <laughs> who would have thought? Who no would have thought the East might be the worst conference in both of them so far? Yeah. It's absurd. But um, we are now going to move on to a pretty interesting one that we have so far. This one is most disappointing team in the NHL so far. Um, I, I, have a, I have a sense, a little bit of a sense, that we might be picking the same team here. I don't- and I think this is perennial everyone's pick for most disappointing team so far this year. So, Sydney, I'm going to have you go first. Who is your most disappointing team so far this season? I feel like you're alluding to the Sharks. I'm not, actually. Oh, you're not. Okay, you're well, not. We okay. knew they were going to be oh, this yeah. bad. Yeah, because I was going to say, it's like, no one, no one thought. It, I, I didn't think they'd be this historically bad, but we knew they were going to be bad. A team that I thought was going to be really good and then ended up being really not good would be the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Atrocious start. Yep. Um, l- really c- had me convinced there for a sec that it was gonna be, it was gonna be good. It was gonna be the season, and then the the injuries. Jack Hughes gone. Nico Hischier gone. Gone, and they dropped off the face of the planet. They <laughs> fell so hard. Um. Dougie Hamilton is also Doug- injured now. Dougie Hamilton's out. Um, it's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> this is not pretty. Jack Hughes and Nico Hischier are both back. The New Jersey Devils aren't back. And they're still losing. <laughs> they're not They're, they're not back. They're still losing. Um, I just, ooh. It's been rough for them, definitely. Um, they're seventh in the Metropolitan right now. Uh just don't even have a playoff spot uh, at all. Yeah. Um. J- literally just chilling there, right behind Pittsburgh and the Flyers. Um, which is a crazy thought. That who would have thought that the Philadelphia Flyers and the Washington Capitals, uh, 
would uh, be sitting more snug than the New Jersey Devils. Um, so, yeah, I really, I really, I really was hoping. We talked about this in the first episode. Me and you both had them going Stanley Cup. It felt like their year. It felt like after last year that it was. Well, I, I they were so was... ready. They're not. Well, they're not ready. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you here. I I know this is everyone's pick for most disappointing team so far, but man, they have just been that bad. And if you look at their roster, you really don't think they would be this bad. I I mean, like we said, we had they have one of the probably the best uh, they should have one of the best top lines in all the nhl right now um they just don't um they the just jack don't. the jack hughes and nico heischer injuries were apparently just enormous for this team because they are apparently just nothing without them we want they, we wanted to believe that they were a legit team that they, they could patch up the holes yeah they clearly don't have the depth they're to not. compete with any nhl to compete with any of these good teams they're getting their new york right now has more depth than the new jersey devils yeah never would i have thought i would say that new york rangers would have more goal scoring depth than the new jersey devils Never would I have thought I said that. Timo Meyer has been absolutely horrible so far to start this <laughs> year. He's played, what, 15 games, he has 11 points, and he's at a minus 14. Wow. That's not winning hockey. And this guy was supposed to be the big offseason signing that, okay, you have him locked up, we're going to be great for years. That has not been the case. It's been the exact opposite, actually. Um, so far with this year, like we said, the injuries have been absolutely brutal to this team. Um, again, they were really on a skid, um, once both Jack Hughes and Nico Hirscher were out, obviously if any team loses their best two players, they're probably going to lose a lot of games, but But they're back now and they have, they're back and they haven't, they just lost to the sharks six to three. They let six goals up to the San Jose sharks. This is an all-time... This is worse than the Edmonton loss to the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. This, to me, like, uh, the Edmonton the Edmonton loss to San Jose, I thought basically ended their season. This is ending their season right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you can bounce back from losing 6-3 to three to San Jose. Uh, obviously, v- Vitek Vanacek, he's not the same goaltender he was last year. He was serviceable, but clearly he's not anymore. He has to go. That is the one thing that I can say so far about this team um, to fix the problem slightly. Um, Personally, yeah, I'd be I'd be starting Akira Schmidt every game. Not I, not only for that, but I would be I'd be begging Nashville on my knees, begging for Jose Soros right now. Ooh, I would Soros be I'd good. be offering whatever they wanted to an extent for Jose Soros right now. It it. They cannot win with this goaltending. They're not going to go anywhere with this goaltending right now. And that's one of the main things that's holding them back. But it's also the fact that it feels like this team is just consistently allergic to scoring goals within the first 30 minutes of games. Yeah. It it honestly every time I watch them, it feels like they have to like it, it it's still warm up for the first 30 minutes of the games. Yeah. For them. Like they just don't look ready and then they have to 
and then when they do, they have to start making these amazing comebacks because they're already down 2 nothing or 3 nothing by that point, and then they just got to storm back in the next 30 minutes. It's not winning hockey that they're playing right now. It I, Again, as we said at the at the start of this podcast, we both thought this was their this was their conference to win. You know, mm-hmm. looking at every other team that we looking at every other team in the East so far and what and them compared to New Jersey, this probably should have been a cakewalk for them, honestly. Maybe maybe they get a little bit trouble with New York. Maybe they would have gotten a little trouble with Carolina. This still we thought and we probably we we said this was going to probably be a cakewalk for them in the East. This is their conference to lose. Right now, they are losing it and they are losing it badly. I yeah. <laughs> I like I don't know how they can fix this um without obviously trading for Jose Soros because clearly they need a different goaltender in net. And even even the other guy you said, he's also not been playing no. as consistently well. He's only at a point 891. Um like they they need a guy who can consistently be a net for them, but I think they also now need to go find more depth scoring because Timo Meyer has turned into an absolute disaster so far this year. And now you're gonna need another defenseman because we have no idea when Dougie Hamilton is coming back at this point. So everything is going everything that could go wrong for this team is going wrong. And I until not only do not only do a lot of these players need to start playing better, but they definitely need to make more in-season moves to figure this out because right now what they're putting out is it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> it is not working. <laughs> it's it it's rough. it's ugly to watch, honestly. It is very ugly. Um anyways, I'm sorry for that rant. It's just this team is this team is so bad and I they they should be one of the best teams in the East right yeah. now. Like on paper, this is one of the best teams in the East, but they're just not playing like it. And we've been seeing that a lot with a lot of different teams this year. Edmonton, for a perfect example, but I I did not expect this out of New Jersey. <laughs> I obviously we did, did not that. expect this, but we are going to move on now to something a little more positive. We are going to go with the most surprising team so far in the NHL this year, the team that has exceeded both of our expectations um, for what we thought they were going to be by the beginning of the year. So, Sydney, uh, who is your most surprising team so far in the NHL? The Vancouver Canucks. Uh, well, I <laughs> stole my one again. <laughs> um, I so if we're co- if exceeding expectations, I mean, I expected Vegas to not be great, but I mean, they did. But like, I did. I mean, it was everyone knew that Vegas was still going to be one of the better teams. Yeah. I don't think anyone expected this from the Vancouver Canucks. Absolutely I didn't think not. anyone thought that the Vancouver Canucks were this capable, besides Vancouver Canucks fans. <laughs> um, I had no idea that. They they just whatever they had they just turned it on, they they did they they just started being phenomenal. I mean, Demko has been amazing, Insane. amazing in in the pipes. Uh, Elias Pettersson racking up points. Uh, Brock Besser racking up goals. Quinn Hughes being amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's. They've just been crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, not much. No, I, I, there's really no one else I can say who's been the most surprising team so far. Um, it's Vancouver. Um, 
yeah, their their top three, like you said, are just absolutely absurd. They already have three players who are in the thirty point range, and they have the leading goal scorer in all the NHL right now, and Brock Besser. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is the top line in the NHL yeah. right now. This is without a doubt the best top line. I mean, JT Miller and. It looks like it's going to be the best one for a while, too. Yeah, I mean, okay, so JT Miller is tied with points with David Pasternak. Yeah. In what world was that an expectation? No I one mean, would have expected that. Quinn Hughes trailing, like, just behind them. Um, I mean, JT Miller's not who I think on par with David Pasternak yeah. for, like, you know, and, points. And, like, the thing with this team is, too, is, like, this is just the beginning, I feel like. Of how good this Vancouver team is going to oh, be. Oh, yeah. We we they they while they're playing phenomenal hockey right now, we still they still have a lot of holes in terms of depth and you know uh, defensive defensive pairings outside of just Quinn Hughes. Um, although they did get Nikita Sadorov, who's probably one of the best third line defensive pairings. Yeah, defensive pairings in the entire. In the entire NHL right now, for basically next to nothing, Calgary needs to fire their GM absolutely immediately. Um, but it, it it's it's so surprising because again, no one would have thought this would have happened. Again, Thatcher Demko is playing at a Vesna level right now, and is we're we're gonna get into that later. But not only is it, it works when Thatcher Demko is playing at an elite level, it just works when you have the best top line in the entire NHL right now. And that's what Vancouver has. And they they have shocked me and blown me away with how good they have been so far. I mean, and yeah. It, it, they're really, they're not slowing down either. Like I, I <laughs> no. thought, I thought the lack of depth was really going to start to catch up to them. It, it still hasn't because Quinn Hughes, Elias Patterson and JT Miller and Brock Besser are still all putting up absurd numbers right now. I know it's literally like these are these are video game numbers from I, these guys right now. I would have never expected. I'm a Brock Besser fan. Yeah. I I love watching Brock Besser play. I think he's electric. That being said, I would have never expected for Brock Besser to lead the league in goals. It's insane. Like credit credit not on my bingo sheet. Credit to Rick Tockett for fi- like he finally had it's finally his team i know the whole situation that they had last year was an absolute mess with bruce cassidy um that firing was poorly mishandled that whole situation was poorly mishandled but now that they've sort of gotten away from that and now this is finally rick tockett's team it it seems like they've picked the right guy and they have they have their guy behind the bench for the next however many years he can continue to win and Credit to Quinn Hughes as well for picking oh, yeah. up what is what he what was probably one of the worst situations in all the NHL I, last year, and he picked it up and has started being an amazing leader immediately, and has this team playing winning hockey once again. I remember um, it was I believe it was last year, maybe it was two seasons ago. Um, a lot of people, or ever since the Bo Horvat trade. Um, people have been talking about who's going to be captain and i remember elias petterson had said something about not wanting just elias petterson just i really thought captain. it was going to be petterson i thought it was gonna i actually thought it was gonna be jt miller really? but yeah i know <laughs> controversial opinion right there um but elias petterson was like just didn't really want to have anything to do with being the leader of the team and quinn hughes had actually said 
like he didn't want to be around for a rebuild. He wanted to be in a team that was already built. He didn't want to have to rebuild the team. Um, he he single handedly re- single handedly just rebuilt taking this, this team, team out of a rebuild and turning him to a playoff contender. He said, right now. "I don't want to do a rebuild," so he just didn't. They just skipped that whole part of. Yeah, he just decided the, to put up thirty four points, and they <laughs> they just skipped that part that chapter. They were just like, "No, we're gonna go from being." dog water to being to good. really good and <laughs> it worked yeah it, it's worked so far um again this team is still super young too their oldest player is jt miller and he's only 30 so you're gonna get at least five to four more amazing years out of jt miller i mean and yeah like again the rest of this team is just so young especially Quinn just their turned- best players yeah. Quinn just turned 24. Elias Pettersson's a year older than him. Yeah. And Brock Besser's a year older than Elias Demko's Pettersson. Demko's only 27. Like, so. they're, they're, they are going to be good for a while now. And I love what their GM has been doing so far. Again, the Nikita Sidorov trade is probably one of the biggest fleecings of the season so far. That Again, probably one of the best, if not the best third-line defenseman in the entire NHL right now. And all... Calorie could have gotten for him was a third and sixth round. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be really good, uh, especially because um, so Heronic and uh Hughes. Yeah, they need a they just need a break. They They need a breather. They need they need more defensive pairing depth. Yeah, for sure. It's been a lot of Quinn Hughes is on the ice. I mean, this was a thing big thing last year's. Uh, Quinn would be putting up like half an hour. Yeah, like thirty minutes of of sixty minutes of play would be Quinn Hughes on the ice, and like. That's not sustainable. I mean, he was pulling it off. Yeah. But, like... Now you bring in a guy like Sidorov, who you know can hold the anchor down defensively. Yeah, so... And you can still be a successful team. They'll with, be working at a different caliber if they're not consistently exhausted. Yeah. Uh, it'll just open them up for a lot more opportunities. Yep. All right. So, we are now going to move on to personal awards here in the NHL. We are going to start, of course, with the most important one in the NHL, the Heart Award. This one is very, very interesting so far this year. I think this is probably one of the most. It, I think anyone could win the heart at this point. Um, but Sydney, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand it off to you. Who do you think is your heart winner so far uh, throughout the season? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I t- this is one of the harder ones to pick. I feel I, like. Okay, so. I feel like it's not Connor McDavid, but like at the same time, I feel like it is Connor McDavid. Like, do you see so far up to this point this year? <laughs> no, because he's had he's Connor McDavid had some insane performances recently. Um, I I I I yeah, I agree, but but like, <laughs> um, so with that, because he's been so uh, and makes me angry, I'm gonna have to go with David Pasternak. Really. Yeah, I think he's been consistent. I know, and I feel like people don't really talk about him a whole ton. Boston's been doing great. Um, he's doing great in points uh, up there, tied for second in points and scoring. Um, just doing really good. He's been he he does really good all the time. I feel like Pasternak because I can't say Jack is, Hughes because Jack Hughes just Jack Hughes dropped uh, off the face. He's up there, but like, or, this is so I, tough. 
I could go Artemi Panarin. I was going to say, I'm thinking about it. I think I might have to go with Artemi Panarin here. I mean, I would point. love to say Elias Pettersson, but... I I, I, I think like, you have to go with Artemi Panarin at this yeah. point. I mean, that this guy is the offense for the New York Rangers right now. Yeah. The, the offense right now is working around Artemi Panarin and how good he's been so far. He is He had that incredible point streak... Uh, in the middle of the year, I think it was about 13 games. It was 15. 15 games where he had a point in every game, and which is absolutely absurd. And he is playing at such a high level right now on the best team in the NHL that I I, I don't see how you could really give it to anyone else at this point. I think you could make the argument for Pasternak. Um, but Boston has slowed down a little bit, it feels like. And, I, I mean, I think there also is a really good argument you can make for Quinn Hughes this year as well so far. <laughs> Quinn Hughes is going to be getting a different award. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I think, I think, think so far it has to be Artemi Panarin. He's been just the guy in hockey right now. And, I, I again, it, it, I think it's so close because, obviously, we don't, have like an obvious one like we always do with Connor I, McDavid being so great. But, I feel like what uh, I feel like what I have to say is just not Connor McDavid. I feel like we've learned I feel like this season that maybe the NHL isn't the Connor McDavid show. Maybe like, it's not. Maybe there are other <laughs> Maybe there players. are other good players. <laughs> I feel like the I feel like the NHL is just so like like it's, it's rigged so towards Connor heavy at this point now. But like I I it's always Connor McDavid. It I feel is, like- and we're really just—I feel like we're in—we're in such a good time where there's just so many good players right now in the NHL that, like, yeah. it just feels unfair to the fact that they have possibly one of the greatest players in the NHL right now in Connor McDavid. Yeah, like, maybe one of the—he could probably end up being one of the greatest of all time. Like, it, it sucks because of how many other great players we have, but. I, I mean, yeah. It, uh, I think I think for me, I think I'm gonna have to say Artemi Panarin is so far the heart winner for. I'm not mad at that. I like Artemi Panarin. <laughs> um, don't like the haircut, but you know. You don't like the ball, the ball fade. No, the I don't. Bald fade. I, I I really don't. All but, off. But it worked. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's working worked. so far. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move on to another very interesting one so far: the Norris Trophy. This one is. I obviously there's a one A, one B, and then everyone else in terms of defensemen for this award. So I'm gonna have you start first and who do you think so far is the Norris winner? Hands down Quinn Hughes. <laughs> I know Kale McCarr is there, but Kale McCarr's always there. Like he is always there. He's he's that's, waiting. Waiting it, for him to like again. Fumble. It, it's one A, one B at this point. Yeah, between him and no. Quinn. I Quinn Quinn Hughes. Just, just I'm okay. So, Kel McCarr was this good like last year. Like yeah. Kel McCarr was Kel McCarr last year. Quinn Hughes was not this Quinn Hughes yeah. last year. I mean, he like was beginning to be this Quinn Hughes, but he wasn't this caliber. And I think like just the way he just fully came onto the scene, picked his entire team up racked up points like nobody's business is just phenomenal plus minus actually like doing a good defensive job yeah oh, i think it's his they are they are scarily similar 
in stats right now. Very similar. Like, Quinn has two more goals than Kale McCarr does. Me, but McCarr has two more assists than Quinn does. Me and my friends were talking about if the. <laughs> this is the weird things that we talk about in our group chat. If you were to take clones and you were to make six clones of Quinn Hughes yeah. and dress one of them up as a goalie, and then you make six clones of Kale McCarr and dress one of them up as a goalie. Who's winning? Which team is winning? <sighs> See, like, it's impossible. It's impossible because they are just, they're both so good. And, like, it, they are literally both the same player at this point. Like, they are literally just both yeah. so elite and just so similar. So just better than we everyone We might else. as well just give the Norse to both of them at this point. Like, there is it's no like the, one. It's, it's like the Hunger Games when they <laughs> settled for two winners. Yeah, like, you just, I, I don't know how you could possibly pick one winner out of them. And I, I think I'm going to have to go with Quentin Hughes as well based on the fact that really he has been the motor for this Vancouver team and like all, all respect to Cam McCarr and everything but like it, it's, it, it makes his job a lot easier when he's also playing with two of the best uh, forwards in the yeah. NHL right now in Ranton and McKinnon granted of course Quentin Hughes is playing with JT Miller and Elias Pettersson as well but it, it I think the fact that he is the leader of this team and has shown it both off and on the ice so far, I think that is what stands out to me the most. Is I like think, he think, he is the Vancouver Canucks, and I feel like I don't I don't know if you could make that same argument for Kim no, Carr. Nathan McKinnon Be, yeah. is the <laughs> Colorado yeah. Avalanche, and so like I I think just because of that reason, I I think it's got to go to him. Kevin McCarr is on the cover of NHL 24. I Give know. the Norris to if, Quinn If Hughes. we could split this award, <laughs> now would be the year to do it because, again, these guys are playing insane right now. I think they're both such well-rounded players, and they're both two-way. They're two, both two-way yeah. defensemen. That, like, you can't say one's better as a defenseman than the other one is because they both, again, have similar statistics defensively and then but it's just, similar offensively. If you, can't, if you can't pick them based on their position, then you have to— their impact on their team. I yeah, I that's where like, you have to look at it. I feel if you if you look impact on team, Quinn Quinn is just that much farther. Yeah. I mean, Kale McCarr does a lot for for the <laughs> Colorado does, Avalanche, but, but he is not. I, I don't the think Kale McCarr of that team. I think I think Quinn Hughes is the system of Vancouver. Yeah. I don't think you can make that same argument for Kale McCarr in Colorado. No, I don't I, think you could. They're and just, so I that's why I think I have to agree with you. It has to go to Quinn Hughes. Okay. Quinn wins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on. We have two more awards to give out so far. We are going to now move on to the Vesna, the best goaltender so far in all the NHL. This one has also been pretty interesting with a lot of new names we've been seeing so far come up in this conversation so far. So, Sydney, I'm going to hand it off to you. Who do you think so far is your Vesna winner? Jeremy Swayman. <laughs> I knew it. I should have known. I should have known. I'm a Jeremy Swayman fan, but he has proven it. <laughs> Jeremy Swayman. See. Okay. Shall I read you his stats? Show it. Shall I, we go over? I, I get the stats. I get the stats. I get the stats. My thing is, I I don't think at the end of the day, Swayman is going to end up having the games that the games played that some of these other goaltenders are going to end up having. That and he true. doesn't right now. Because he used to split. He, he is splitting time 50-50 with Lena's Olmark. And, like, I, I 
I, I love Swayman. That being said, he's still second in Malik he, Rashada. He has still been absolutely phenomenal so far, but I think... But he doesn't have the win. I think that's going to end up hurting him in the long run, is the fact that he may not have the wins, um, and he may not just have the games and the portfolio that some of these other guys are going to end up putting up uh, throughout the rest of this year. Um, but uh, he's doing so I, good. I agree. I agree. He's been absolutely amazing, and so has Linus Allmark, again, for the second consecutive year. I'm so mad that Boston gets to have two elite goaltenders, and we are still struggling to find one. <laughs> it makes it so unfair. Um, but uh, I think I think I'm going to have to go with Aiden Hill. As my Vesna winner, I feel like I knew you were gonna. Say I that. think I gotta go Aiden Hill. This he's, this he's winning for goals against average. This guy, one point eight seven. He's leading in save percentage also. Yeah, he's, he leads in save percentage. Leads in goals for, against average. Tied for second in shutouts. Tied for second in shutouts. This guy has absolutely exploded onto the scene, and it. Again, it all started with that cup run that Vegas had last year. I did not think he was going to continue to be this good, and he has. He is still playing at that level. He has been on their Stanley Cup run, and he's just been he's he is now their guy in net. I feel like for Las Vegas, like you can yeah. Logan Thompson, he's been fine, but I I I think at the end of the day, Aiden Hill is going to end up being their guy. And he's going to, of course, be their guy throughout the rest of the playoffs and throughout the rest of this year. And he's proven it so far. This guy has been one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. And we saw that he had the potential to do that last year. And now he's realizing it. And it it just feels so unfair that Vegas gets another elite goaltender in net after they traded away Marc-Andre Fleury for basically a bag of chips after yeah. he won a Vesna. It, it it feels so unfair. Again, I don't know why these teams can have two great goalies and then we cannot get one. <laughs> I just want one. That's all I want. It's just one good goalie for Detroit. That's it. Trey Augustine. That's it. They, they give him another four years. I got to wait. That, by that time, Alex Brink is going to be like, what? Old. <laughs> Old. Old. I feel like, so for the Vesna, I feel like you could also make a case for Thatcher Demko. I think you could too. I think Thatcher Demko is in the running. Do I, do I think he's going to win? No. Thatcher Demko was almost going to be my guy, but I Aiden Hill is just playing at a monster level right now. That it it feels it feels like highway robbery if you don't give it to Aiden Hill right now. Or he, Jeremy Swayman. <laughs> as, as you said before, yes, but I I again I got to disagree with you here, man. I, Aiden Hill is Aiden Hill is that guy. I mean, yeah. He is that guy. And he's I think he's going well. to be for a long time too. Vegas, I think, they they found their they found their rock in net for a while. Like this guy, he he's only twenty seven and he's playing like this. Yeah. It's nuts. Jeremy Swayden's only twenty four and he's playing like this. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, so you got me there. <laughs> Give but, him a couple more years. Um, anyway. We are gonna wrap up here with one more award. We're gonna give up the Jack Adams winner. This is also for Coach of the Year. Um I am interested to see in what this one is gonna be. Sydney, who is your Jack Adams winner so far? Rick Tockett. <sighs> I I can see the argument there. Um 
let, let, let's hear the argument. See every other argument I've made for the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> um, I just came in. He, he whipped on all. Into he embraced shape. a really. He came in into a really bad situation too last year. Yeah, like again, probably the worst in the entire NHL. Really ugly. Um, it. He was managed to. He turned him around. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. I don't know. See every other argument I've made for the Vancouver okay. Canucks thus far. Well, um, also shout out to my friends Squishmallow that she named after Rick Tockett. Um, is it what, is it called Rick or Rick Tockett or Rick Tockett? Oh, okay. Rick Tockett is the Squishmallow, and it is a duck. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one here, and I'm gonna have to go with the guy who has the best record in the entire NHL, and that's Peter Laviolette. This guy came in, this is his first year at New York, and he, while he did not have to embrace the situation that Rick Tockett had to, that this guy has come right in and has completely changed the way the Rangers play. The, again, like I said, the, this team, always the concern was they never have enough depth scoring. They're only a defensive-minded team. Peter Laviolette has changed that. This team is more consistently scoring goals. It 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 there is it, it has to be the reason why Artemi Panarin is having this career year. And not only that, but why Alex Lafreniere is able to play True. significantly better than he ever was before. I I think that has to come down to Peter Laviolette just being that guy and he's been amazing so far for the Rangers. He has them playing to possibly win a Stanley Cup and in such a it's such a different Rangers team that I've seen than in years past. Again, this team feels like it, it, it never felt like it was a threat for them to put up like four or five goals on you a night. This yeah. year, it is. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the biggest. Uh, this guy, obviously, again, best record in the NHL so far. He has embraced this team and has turned it around in amazing fashion so far. And I. Th this this does not look like a just a quarter season thing. This team looks legit this year. Like, I I would not be surprised. I I they are I think by far my favorites to come out of the East right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't see any other team right now that could. I I thought it was New Jersey who was going to be like this, but nope. Turns out it is the Lindy New York Ruff Rangers did who not will. Do enough. <laughs> yep, Lindy Ruff has not done enough. I know who's not winning the Jack Adams. It's, it's Lindy Ruff. not going to be Lindy Ruff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's gonna have to for me. It's gonna have to be Peter Lavi. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. So that is gonna do it for us here for our quarter season roundup. So far, we will come back next week, hopefully, with another regular uh, episode looking into stuff that has gone on throughout the week in the world of the NHL and college hockey. But for now, thank you guys for joining us on Behind the Mask. I'm your host Oscar Henderson, along with my partner Sydney Isham. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Catch me and Cooper live on Friday. Oh, and catch me and Sydney live on Saturday yeah. as well for the Notre Dame-Michigan State hockey game. Should be fun. Should be fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs>